You ready? We're gonna start the show. Yeah, let's start it. Let's <laughs> let's go. Th- let's light this fucking candle. <laughs> Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show. <laughs> It's episode 77 of the award-winning Planet Mikey podcast. I'm announcer Peter Puller. Brought to you by Wuhan Foods. Putting discomfort food in the mouths of millions since 2019. Try the new Wuhan Bat Bisque. It's been hanging around for months. Just add water, wait two weeks, and check your temperature. Tonight's podcast is recorded at the studios of Pelham Island, Island, Sudbury, Massachusetts. With Bill Smith, who looks younger every day through the magic of HGH and mental regression. <laughs> and Ben Kitchen, known to his Latino friends as Benjamin Cochina. He looks uh, older every day thanks to hard living and this I don't give a shit attitude. Now, here's the host of the Planet Mikey podcast, best known for his work as a stunt double in Ron Jeremy's latest porn flick, Yank My Doodle, It's a Dandy, Mikey Adams. <laughs> Oh, thank you very much, Peter. You goofball, you. He's getting better every week. He's a crackhead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after and uh, joining us, by, by the way, we've been trying to get this guy on the podcast since 2018. Uh, he's been so busy doing his underwear modeling and fundraising and TV and movies, stand-up comic gigs, furniture store commercials, and, of course, the self-acupuncture on his Johnson. It's Lenny Clark, everybody! <laughs> Mike Gay. Lenny! Hi, fellas. How you, know, you doing? I'll tell you what. You are a hard guy to pin down, Lenny. I, I, you know, but we, we, I was so happy when I heard you were going to do the podcast that I bumped our scheduled guest, which is that Dr. Fauci guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, fuck know, him. He's full of himself. <laughs> and he's so little, you know? He's so little and diminutive. Now, I've got to ask you, because you've met everybody famous in the history of mankind. Who, was there anybody you met, Lenny, in your career who was comically smaller than you thought they were supposed to be? Well, in, in, in what way? Height? Yes. Or? Like just tiny little people where you almost laughed because you were shocked at their at their smallness. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's that little, huh? He's like 5'3". Yeah. He's jacked. I mean, he's in great shape, but he's tiny. You know? <laughs> I, was, I was telling uh, Smitty, Chris Christopherson, man. Uh, he, was he tiny? Oh, he was a dinky little guy. You know, uh, Billy Joel, he's small. Have you met Billy Joel? Yes, I have. Yep, yep. I was I was amazed how small he was. Uh, Tom Cruise, very small. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, no. he's, he's one of those ones that would fit into the comically uh, small category. Lenny, how you feeling? How you been, man? Hey, you know what? I tell you what, I am, uh, I'm on the vineyard. Uh, I feel like... Uh, I feel like Whitey Bulger. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm hiding out. I have, I bought this place 23 years ago, and this is the longest I've ever been in it. I've been here for like seven weeks, and I've never been here more than seven days. This thing, is, this thing is such a, I don't know. I don't know whether to be, you know, depressed, and then I, and then I just have to laugh at the whole thing because here we are. We're all cooped up in our houses, you know? Well, I'm in the murder zone, you know, because I'm I'm over 65 and I had the heart problems and I had the lung problems, you know, all self-inflicted wounds. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the point is, I uh, I I'm not I'm like I I was in into the mask. I carry mask with me, so when people go, you have to wear a mask, I go, okay. Yeah. And now I wear the uh, ski mask, you know, that the kids in Charleston used to rob the banks with. Sure. <laughs> and, and people get so upset. You know, you're making a mockery of it. Get away from me. Get away from me. <laughs> it's, it's insane. 
I, I, no one. This is this is such a shit show. You know, people go, well, when we get back to normal, we're never going back to normal. <laughs> it's just like when they screwed up flying on the planes. You used to be able to go to Logan Airport. Right. Up in a rented car, shit face, leave it, go in and get on a plane, and you know, and smoke cigarettes the whole way. And, and Hertz would come and pick the car up, they'd tow it back, you know. <laughs> hey, what's this car doing here? Now you got to get their hours ahead, and you have people, you know, probing you and stuff. So that so flying sucks. And now, now we're gonna have to wear masks everywhere and stay six people. How are you gonna do a comedy show with, with you know, with? How you gonna do a theater? Uh, I was selling out theaters. I finally got to put my selling out theaters. You know, sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred people. Now, what are they gonna have? Thirty people in there? I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, I'm with five people it. sitting in between them, and it's like, can you imagine the movies? You know, only only one person per row are at a Red Sox game, Lenny. Yeah. Oh God, they can't. You know, no, I I've been to porno films where there's been you know everyone had their own row, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's the old days. Yeah, it's, yeah, the, guy be, it's the guy behind you you got to worry about anyway, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> Herman. Right. Yes, you're right. Now, how about these commercials? We have these commercials. I, I, I hope you'll indulge me in this because, you know, these are on all the radio stations. And I don't know, we just, we have to, it's kind of like a public service announcement. So, Lenny, stand by for this. Here we go. Not a problem. In these uncertain times, it's difficult for so many of us to cope with the challenges that lie ahead. With full-grown adults playing dodge at the grocery stores, only to find there's no more Metamucil in stock. And the only toilet paper you can find is the ultra-thin 1,000-sheet parole kind, which needs to be bunched up in a huge wad just to get one decent wipe of your nasty old crack. The golden buffet is closed. The hair in your ears looks like pussy willows growing in the marsh. And the Siamese twins who live downstairs can't even social distance and keep screaming at each other at all hours of the night. <laughs> Boredom becomes the ritual of checking the refrigerator again and again in hopes that something amazing will suddenly appear. Yes, <laughs> these are trying times for all of us, especially the hookers and the dental hygienists. But remember, <laughs> like a band of pygmies in a pit of quicksand, we're all in this together. <laughs> See, that's a that's just to make people feel better. Oh, that's good, man. That was very good about life. Uh, Lenny, <laughs> first time I ever met you was at a uh, Greg Hill golf tournament in Sterling, Massachusetts, in the '90s. Do you remember that event? Oh my! God. I remember they picked me up in a limo, and we were. Well, I'm gonna knock up. We were, we were. I was. I was high before we landed. I mean, <laughs> before. The we were doing blow, drink. I mean, yeah, I remember it was one of my favorite golf tournaments. You know, mind if I played through? You know, let me. You're, you're in the first hole. <laughs> were you a, uh, I mean, I know obviously you had your, your moments of being a party animal. It's kind of a well-documented thing that Lenny <laughs> Clark was a wild man, especially maybe in the in the 80s or so. But when, oh, yeah. in high school, were you, uh, you probably in the early 70s, were, were you a weed smoker? Were your friends all potheads? Or, or what was going on with you in the early 70s? Well, you know what? I uh, I did get into, you know, I, I went to Catholic grammar school. When I got into public high school, it was like, oh, my God. It was like letting a horse out of the barn. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I played sports, and and I smoked, and I drank. And, well, I actually, I opened up, I had a, a bar in my locker. And I became <laughs> I elected fresh, pres, president of my freshman class, president of my sophomore class, junior class, senior class. 
And then they want to be to a college. And I said, well, no one in my family has ever been to college. And I said, we've never had a class president not go on to college. And you've been the president four years in a row. Yeah. I, so I applied to University of Miami, University of Hawaii, University of Arizona. And I got turned down from all of them. And then I applied to AIC in Springfield. Sure. American, American International College. Yeah. It's a college where uh, the smartest people in the world uh, no, the richest people in the world, kids are so stupid, they can't <laughs> buy them into a Ivy League school, so they send them here. And uh, I applied for this school, and I, I wrote as a joke that I was black, and I got a full ride. <laughs> so, uh, AIC, it's pretty filled, full, full scholarship, and freshman year, I had a, I had a dorm, so I, didn't, I had a complete bar. You know, where I used to have it just in my locker. Now I had tables and, you know, waitresses. It was fantastic. And I got elected person in my freshman class. And then I came back, I elected person in my sophomore class, and the Black Student Union called me in to give me a big award. And I went, oh, uh -oh. this is not going to end well. So <laughs> I go in, and I'm, it's an auditorium, about two or 300 Black people, and, and I'm like, well, who are you? And the janitor? And I go, no, I'm Lenny Clark. And I go, well, you're not Black. And I go, why would it be Black? And it says... <laughs> That you, you, you're a black student. I go, it must be a computer. I go, they didn't have computers. They were going to sue you. And I go, it was right that week was the, the reverse discrimination case. Sure. You know? And I said, I'll sue you. I'm a deserving white person. It's obviously a mistake. And they said, you go away and we won't sue. So I, I left and uh, I went to UMass and I was there for six weeks before they realized I wasn't enrolled. And then they tossed it out of there. <laughs> right up and down 91. Just Springfield yeah. to Amherst yeah. the whole right. way. Did you ever go to the, uh, there was a, a rock joint out there on the Route 47 in Sunderland called the Rusty Nail. Were, were you, no, you were sitting only yes. six weeks. You've been I, there? I went, I went to the Rusty Nail. And then in, in Springfield, where I see is, uh, like the, the campus was gorgeous, but one block off the campus was, you know, stab Evan. You know, they said, don't, <laughs> right. don't, you know, you had to take bands to class. You couldn't walk to school. It was really bad. And there was a place called The Charm. And they said, Mr. Clark, where have you been? I said, at The Charm, sir. There's no harm at The Charm. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> I spent some time on the radio in Springfield. That is a weird place, man. And and Holyoke is tough, too, man. It's Holyoke is... Oh. Right now, you know, in Holyoke, they, they buy furniture, they move into an apartment, they set it on fire, they burn the furniture, and then they collect the insurance money, they move to another apartment, and they go buy some more furniture at a, at a uh, you know, a yard sale. Oh, man. It's yeah, a, yeah well, well, they're not lazy. <laughs> at, least, at least they're not lazy. So you, you're from Cambridge originally, but you, you've, uh, you've obviously traveled at least the, the good parts of Massachusetts in your college days. Uh, oh, yeah. I, you know, I grew up in Connecticut and we, you know, it's just the most boring state. There's nobody really famous from Connecticut. Have you noticed that? You know, I think you're right. Paul Newman. Well, he's, he wasn't Paul, from there though. Well, he, he lived there. But Paul, Paul moved there yeah. because they had a racetrack. Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's exactly Lime right. Lime Rock Park. And, and he, he was a, you know, a race car driver back in the day. I, I saw him at a convenience store buying a pack of Winston. When I was 12 years old, I didn't say anything. I didn't want to embarrass I saw him. him. I saw him on Mass Ave in Cambridge, and I was about a block away, and the only thing you could see was his eyes. They were the most yes. incredible blue eyes I've ever seen on a man or woman in my life. It's like they were lit, Lenny, like lit up. Oh, incredible. 
Incredible. Now you've Plus met so many. Actor. You've met so many famous uh, famous people because you know there's pictures of you uh, with everybody. I think that was ever famous uh, <laughs> during the time of your. As there, who's who's one person you met in your life where you said oh, I can't believe I just met that person. Uh it's probably a lot of them. Nicholson. Nicholson. Yeah. You know? Yeah, uh, I met him out at the Final Four. And, well, I met him with Dennis Leary when, when uh, early on. Then I met him at the Final Four. Then I met him with Kennison. You know, it, that was pretty, pretty insane. Because uh, I mean, not only because he's such a great actor, but that's Jack Nicholson. You I know, know what I mean? He's, he's one of those. Wild. Yeah, he's one of those standalone type of celebrities that everybody kind of go. You know, everyone's gonna when he walks in the room, everybody's gonna look. It's Jack Nicholson. Yeah, right. I remember we were in New York. We were doing something. I don't know. And I was with Robin Williams, and he, uh, Christopher Reeves came, and he goes, you know, Lenny, go, go easy. And, and, I, and then I started really getting drunk, and I said, come on, fly around the room just once. Fly around the room. <laughs> Robin goes, oh, you, you ass. <laughs> oh, ouch. He, uh, he was, Christopher Reeves, very nice guy, but really, you know, quiet, subdued, you know, like, you know, very elegant, you know. Me, I'm <laughs> I'm going, wow, you got to get him off the wall. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's like when you meet a lot of famous people, it's, it doesn't diminish the experience each time, especially if you have their, they're in one of your favorite categories. Like when I met Ernie Banks, I had Tommy Lasorda on my TV show in the 90s, Lenny, back on Neckin. Yep. And he told yep. this story. He said, so I'm in a hotel room and I'm with Ted Williams. And uh, and he says, uh, no, I'm sorry. He was with Frank Sinatra. And, and he said, you want to, he was talking about Ted Williams. And he says, you want to call him? And Frank goes, yeah, of course I do. So they get Ted Williams on the phone, and they're talking for about 20 minutes, and they hang up, and Frank Sinatra says, Tommy, I can't believe I just was talking to Ted fucking Williams. Next time you talk to Ted Williams, Ted says, you know what? He says, Tommy, I can't believe I was talking to Frank fucking Sinatra. He said the same thing. But it's hey, like, you did you I, meet Sinatra? Go ahead. I'm sorry. What's that? He's going to change his tire. Okay. <laughs> Have you, hey, did you meet Frank Sinatra? Did I meet? No, but I tell you what, my brother Mike uh, gave the start to John Panette, who was his opening act. Yeah, and I hadn't seen Panette. He's traveled around the world with him. So I'm in I'm in L.A. and uh, my wife says, hey, "Lenny, look, Sinatra's at the Desert Inn." And I go, "We're going to see him." I said, "What? Who's his opening act?" Panette. So I call Panette. Listen, you fat son of a bitch! I'm driving <laughs> into Vegas. I want two tickets ringside, and they better be there. Well, there's going to be a lot of noise. So I show up, and the tickets aren't there. And oh. I'm going out of my mind. That fat bastard, we gave him his stuff. And this is in the lobby of the DI. And uh, Sonny Page uh, from from uh, Nick's comedy stuff came to us and says, Lenny, Lenny, everything's taken care of. And he, he was a big gambler. He had it all dialed in. They, they got us beautiful seats. But I... If I wasn't high, I would have stayed after just to kick Panette's ass. And it was great to see Sinatra. It was at the end, you know, where he said, yeah. the solo in comes rolling. Look out, oh, that Mac Knight. He was mixing songs. <laughs> and I'm sitting sitting next to these German people, and they go, this is not the summer wind. Shut up, Proust. Sit down. <laughs> He's Frank Jr. Get me a chair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Frank Frank Jr. was the... Uh, was the orchestra, and it was it was the orchestra leader. But it was <laughs> it, Bill Sinatra. His voice was still good. You never know when he what song was. Sometimes he'd go back and sing another song, but I didn't care. You know, don't repeat. I love it. Right, it's right. I tell it's you a story though. It's so funny. I I was good friends 
with Tip O'Neill. But that's another. That's a that's a ten minute story. But anyway, <laughs> Tip O'Neill got together with Ted Williams, and they're sitting there and they're having a beer. And uh, t- t- uh, Ted says to Tip, "Tip, you know, you, you know, you're just a regular guy, a really nice guy. Is there anything in life that you you didn't get that you wanted?" And he goes, well, Ted, I got to tell you, I ran for state representative, state representative, became congressman, congressman, I, I served, at, and now I'm the speaker of the house. He goes, I can honestly say I've, I've had, I've got pretty much everything I've ever wanted in my life. And he said, how about you, Ted? Is there anything you, that you wanted in life that you didn't get? And he said, yeah, Larry Dolby's cock. <laughs> now, now I had to look up who Larry Dolby was. Yes, he's fr- the first African-American player in the American League. They, you know, giant cock, evidence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's funny. The Radish, one time I came in off the street, you know, on Lansdowne Street, you know, we were doing a radio show down there on EEI, right? Yeah. And uh, Raditz was there with me. And I, I come walking in with one of the uh, the sausage guy give me a free sausage. Right. Uh, and I put it down on the table and he Raditz goes, Jesus Christ, that looks like Pumpsy Green's dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I loved Dick Radich. Me As too. As a kid, I was like, oh, man, I couldn't believe You know, they used to send out the uh, the, the, the baseball hat, golf cart, the, yes. and he'd wave it off and just storm right by. And and then years later, I'm playing in a golf tournament with him, and we're in, uh, we're in Nantucket at Sankety, which I, a place I always wanted to play. <clears throat> I don't care if I ever played it again because I got to play it with Radich. And what was the uh, – uh, the John Havlicek golf tournament. Yeah, down the so, cave, yeah. Which, yeah, so we're, we're coming, and I'm about, oh, maybe 370, and Dick had to be three, 370 easy. Yeah. And we're in the golf course, and it was eight hours that day. It's really hot, and it's me and him, and, you know, we're barely getting in and out of the cot, and we're driving up the last hole, like 18, and the cot is, the wheels are just spinning and spinning. <laughs> and then looks at me and goes, what are we going to do? I go, one of us is going to have to get out. And he looks at me and goes, I'll meet you at the top. <laughs> and he pushes me out. <laughs> That's but, fabulous. Uh, I got so many things to ask you about. What was your What was your very first stand-up gig? Where was it and how old were you? Oh, my God. It was in uh, <laughs> it was Revere High School. I was going out with a girl named Laureen Barry and her mother ran the Antoinette Barry dance studio and they had a recital and she said, Oh my God, sometimes this guy canceled. I have no MC. I said, you know, me being the perfect boyfriend, I'll be your MC. Really? Oh yeah. Well, you're funny. You'd be great. So I, I wore, Oh man. At the time I used to be a big fan of uh, wrestling. And my favorite was the grand wizard of wrestling. Yeah. So I became the grand wizard of comedy. I got a turban and I got this multicolored sequin coat and crazy glasses and, and uh, lime green pants and shoes that change color when you hit them with water. And I used to have, I go on with a balloon in my pants and I poked the <laughs> balloon with a pin. It looked like I wet my pants. It was really, yeah, I was out, out and oh, and then I pull a skeleton out of my pocket and do a ventriloquist act with a skeleton. Uh, yeah, I, it was the worst. I was winning gong shows everywhere in Massachusetts. <laughs> but the first gig was a gig for the Antoinette Barry dance recital, and it was little kids and priests and nuns. Oh. And, it was, 
And you're that popping was, balloons in your pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't do that one. But, that, that's, but I remember this little kid came up to me and says, uh, are you Merle Haggard? <laughs> <laughs> well, Merle Haggard was. I said, yes, I am. But of course. It's funny because I was at the Indian Ranch. I don't even know where that is. But I remember I, I was there to see Johnny Cash and my buddy Warren McDonald was the opening act. And I was uh, I was backstage. And this little kid comes up to me. Hey, excuse me, can I have your autograph? I go, oh, kid, you don't have my autograph. I'm nobody. He goes, I have faith in you. <laughs> God like, bless you, my son. <laughs> this is the first time anyone's ever said that to me. That's beautiful. Now, uh, you've had uh, some, uh, obviously, some moments in your life. You had an unlucky moment with your series. Lenny on, uh, was canceled because of the, oh. Gulf, the Gulf War. That was oh. a pisser. How many episodes did you end up doing? 17. 17 episodes. How many got, how many made the air? Seven, all, all 17. Oh, they did. Okay. They, they all, yeah. Yeah. Was it, there's so many. Let me tell you the story about Lenny. Let me tell you how that came about. I, as you know, you, you knew me when I was first starting out. I was selling out everywhere I went, but I couldn't get a break. I couldn't get a TV break. Cause I was, I was filthy. Let's you know, like I was the drunk guy in a bar who got up on stages and theaters, you know, it just, it just kept going. It snowballed. And I worked the first couple of years for, for nothing. And then $5, maybe $10. You know, I was, do, I did, I did, uh, what's that prison? Uh, where, where, where did they put an end is before they took him out? Walpole. I did well, Walpole State prison. I mean, I did all sorts of stuff. Anyway, I couldn't get a break. And I had, uh, I bullied my way onto, uh, just for laughs up in Montreal which was at the time was the world's biggest international comedy festival, comedians from all around the world. Yeah. And I'm up there. And usually if you went up there and you did well, you could, you know, get, get a spot on a TV show or if you're really good, get your own show. So I went up there and I was really cocky and I was drinking and drugging and I thought I was going to do it. Well, let me tell you, I sucked. It was, you know, <laughs> I was too drunk. I was too high and I, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I was like, look how bright I am without show. You know what I mean? And we were out drinking one night, and I met this guy coming in on the on the plane when we landed in Montreal, and we're, dri- we're driving in, and uh, I, I introduced myself, and I said, "Come on, you, you come with me." So I gave him a ride to the hotel. He goes, "What a nice guy!" I said, "Yeah, nice to meet you." I'll give you his first name. His first name was Gene. So later that night, we're all out, and we're on St. Catherine's Avenue. We're, we're coming out of some some you know dance club <laughs> and this guy comes out and both his pockets are turned inside out he's got no money and he's hammered and there's no way for him to get back to the hotel and i said hey gene it's me lenny we met today at the airport you, you want to lift home he goes oh my god thank you so much so it, i take him back to the hotel and the next day i see him and he goes i'll never be able to repay you last night let's keep that between us i go yeah no problem turns out he's like the head guy from disney now we come back <laughs> yeah, and i suck i suck that week that we could, I just, you know, the, the, the more I sucked, the drunk I got. It was, it was crazy. But I met everybody. So I go back and I get a call from Disney. My agent says, Disney wants to meet with you Friday at five o'clock. And I'm high out of my mind. And I go, you know why they want to meet me at five at five o'clock, five o'clock on a Friday? Because that's when they tell people, you know, you're very good, but we're not looking for you. Right. So I go and I, they hook me up. Uh, with this writer. I never met him. We're driving in together. And so we're sitting in the office and I walk in, there's the guy, Gene. And he goes, 
I'd like to start the meeting by saying I was in Montreal and there was nobody, nobody as funny and certainly nobody as nice a person as Lenny Clark and Disney wants to be in business with him. Whoa. Oh, wow. Oh my fucking God. So I look over and there's CBS. CBS goes, and we want him, we want him on our network. And I'm going, oh shit. And then with Thomas, who did the Golden Girls and Empty Nest and all that shit. They yeah. go, and we want to produce it. I'm going, oh my God. So then the guy <laughs> from Disney looks over, not my guy, but another guy, looks over and says to the writer, who are you? Well, I'm uh, Lenny's writer. And they go, no, nah, we don't want you. We just want Lenny. You can leave. <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> I had just met the guy. He goes, well, Lenny, what do you have to say? And I said, goodbye. <laughs> they, they, they give me a show. They give me my own network show right. on CBS. And it becomes a monster hit. It's the biggest hit they had since All in the Family. And then the goddamn Gulf War breaks out. Not even this last one. The first one. Canceled everything. Oh my! Lenny will not be seen tonight, so we can bring you the war in the oh, Gulf. Man. Oh man! I went from the shit house to the penthouse. I, I had a mansion. I, I I was living in in L.A. in Marina del Rey, a two bedroom, beautiful place on the beach with a pool, two parking spaces, nice neighbors, really great. And uh, I I I married this redheaded Jewish playboy model cocaine dealer from Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> what did you go wrong? Do you still talk? Uh, he says, oh, we need a mansion. You're a star. We need a mansion. Oh. I ended up a $3.3 million mansion. And, and then the show gets canceled. Woo-hoo! Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Lenny, I do, uh, I don't know if you, uh, if you know this, but uh, I do impersonations of famous comedians, and I'm going to give you one line from each of these seven comedians. I, I think, I want to see if you can identify each of them, okay? Okay. Just by one line. Ready? All right. Take my wife. Any of them. Uh, very good. Little boy blue. He needed the money. Ice clay. It's a small world, but I wouldn't want to paint it. Stephen Wright. Excuse me. Steve Martin. You live in a fucking desert. Sam <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs> My first wife and I were happy for 20 years. Then we met. Riley Dangerfield. And here's one. Here's the toughest one of all. I knew we'd get all those. It's Lenny Clark. Uh, my name is Jose Jimenez. Bill Dana. Hey, uh, he got Bill oh, Dana. Yeah. No one gets Bill I, Dana. Not only did I get Bill Dana, but I did it. Bill Dana did one of my TV shows. He did? <laughs> yes, he did. Whatever happened and, to him? Oh, he said, he said, he says, this is this, the line he uses in the, uh, in, in the show. He goes, hey, Lenny. He goes, look at his ball. I goes, what? He says, yeah, it's a golf ball. He goes, it lights up so you can see it at night. It, uh, it beeps if it goes in the woods and it floats if it goes in the water. I go, that's amazing. Where'd you get it? He goes, I found it. <laughs> Lenny, let me ask you, what would be your perfect like comedy set that, you know, you have a, an open, a middle and a close. You can take comedians from all time. How would you build that? Who would you want to see open, middle, close? Oh my God. That's putting uh, him on the spot, huh? Good yeah. One. Yeah. That Jesus. Uh, he's so he's opening. Jesus, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus is opening, and uh, no, I, God Almighty, open. Uh, I would like. I I think I may have seen this, but uh, Prior 
Fryer, Colin, Jennison. Wow, oh, that's yeah. a great trio. Wow. You know, uh, Carlin, uh, he just had his, would have had his 83rd birthday yesterday. He's great, born in May. Great tw- May tw- great. I, have, I, I was listening to that. I have these, uh, you know, remember the tape machines you used to have? Yeah. I have these calls that he would call me and I saved them. I remember the first time I met him, we were flying from Boston to L.A. And he said, you're a comedian. And I, and I said, oh, my God, you're George Collin. We're sitting next to each other. I said, uh, last row, first class. And I said, uh, hey, watch this. And I, I pull the screen and I go, I'm never going to be able to finish all this love stuff. And he stopped laughing. He laughed his ass off. And we became good friends. He gave me his number. He gave mine. And he'd come see me. And whatever he's in Boston, we get together. Uh, he was just one of the greatest. Oh, my God, I love that guy. I do, too. I, you know, I, I tell you, he, the, 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 the line that he had uh, about, you know, they, somebody went through a drive through at Wendy's and got the 99-cent chili. And Carlin says, and she found that there was a human finger in this 99 cent chili. And so she's com- she complained about it. And the guy said to her, lady, it's 99 cents. What's supposed to be in there, lobster? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Here's a, here's a Colin story. Uh, George would come to Boston and he would come by Nick's and he'd meet, he got to meet Gavin Sweeney. And he says, listen, guys, I'm at this um, South Shore Music Circus. I'd love you guys to come down. We did. So we. We all canceled whatever we were doing. <clears throat> we drove down. Now, it's George Collin, and he's having a horrible night. Not his fault. The crowd sucks, but he's bombing. George Collin. Right? Wow. George, George Collin never bombed. And it's, I'm, I'm like in awe, right? I'm going, oh, my God. This is this is terrible. I go, well, you know, it just goes to show any any given crowd, any given night can, can suck, you know? So, I mean, he's killing us. We're dying. So, about just five minutes before the end of the show, he goes, well, you people have certainly let me know how you feel. He goes, you know, it's like when you go for a job interview and you're sitting there, you know, the interview is going wrong and you look at the guy who's the head of the company and you say, Hey, who's the cunt in the picture? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I spit up an entire beer. Right. So we go back a year to the date, a year to the date. At the social music show, he burnt that tent to the ground. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like, and I mentioned it to him. He goes, Oh, you remember that? And I go, Yeah. He goes, I do too. You know, because the big thing, I remember a lot of bad shows more than I do the good ones. <laughs> but it's, uh, but, you know, because some sometimes it's not your fault. I mean, and <clears throat> it was just like, wow, it, incredible to see someone that talented, you know? Yeah, so he's on. He's definitely on the list. I know. I, I know Rodney was on your list, and uh, oh God, Rodney! Rodney gave. Not only did he give me my first break, I love Rodney. Oh God, he just. Uh, here's a story about Rodney. I'm out. I'm living in L.A., and we had been close. I did a special. I, I got on a special, and uh, he calls me. So you in town? He says, "Listen, I'm at the Pritikin Longevity Center. They got me in here on this weight thing. This place sucks." But I can't eat anything. It's all their food. It's all so I can do another movie. I'm under contract, so I got to lose weight. I got to do all this shit. Do me a favor. Go by and get me the biggest pizza you can get with all the meat you can put on it. The more, the better. So I said, okay. He says, come by and ask for Jack Roy, So, which is his real name. So I go to this pizza shop I know, and I tell the guy, I go, look, man. This pe- hey, Len, how you doing? I said, listen, I'm getting this pizza from my friend Rodney Dangerfield. He goes, oh, my God, he's one of my favorites. I said, 
you make this so heavy with meat, I'll have him come in. He goes, oh, my God. It, I, it, I, I had trouble carrying it, right? So I put it, I got to put it in a suitcase. So I go to the Perican Longevity Center, which is right on the beach in Santa Monica. It used to be like uh, incredible. It's now the Casa Hotel. Dennis Leary stays. He's got his own room. So I go up and I, 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 I go to the front desk, Jack Roy, and they call up me and send him up. So I go up and I, I go to, I don't even get the door open. He opens it up. He's naked. He takes the suitcase, puts it on the bed, and proceeds to eat the entire fucking pie. And he, he looks at me, he goes, are you hungry? I go, a little bit. He goes, oh, I should have offered you earlier. <laughs> but he was, inc- and he loved to be naked. You know, that's one thing about Rodney. Anybody who knows Rodney, yeah. you, when you mention, you, you ever been with him naked? They'll go, oh, my God. I mean, he was, he, well, I'm doing a show, Meet Wally Sparks. Uh, at the time, I'm I'm filming the John Larroquette show, but Rodney had given me my big HBO break, and I I've been working his club in Vegas. He says, "I really need you to do this movie." I said, "Okay." So, I, but I'm under I said I'm under contract to NBC. I I, I said we, we'll work around you. So I'm shooting all day, uh, Monday through Friday, and I'm working his movie from like three in the afternoon sometimes till two in the morning, and it, it was uh, it was about like talk show host in the beginning, Jerry Springer, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And I mean, we're doing a show and he says, uh, okay, we got to do this scene where you're sword fighting with a guy from LA law and you gotta, he's going to stab you when you go tumbling down the stairs. And I go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Those are marble steps. We're in this <laughs> mansion. And he's got marble steps must've been 20, 25 marble steps. And I'm going, I can't get hurt. I'm under contract to NBC. I mean, I get fired if they even know I was doing this. I don't be such a pussy. I said, man, I can't get a stunt guy. He goes, oh, you're going to make me get a stunt guy? And I go, yeah. So he gets this stunt guy. And it was a, a turning point in my life because the stunt guy comes up to me and he excuse me, Clark, and I talk to him. I turn around and there's this big, fat son of a bitch. And I'm going, oh, shit, this is what I look like? And I'm going, Mr. Clark, I can't thank you enough for the work. I go, yeah, yeah. I go, just be careful. So he goes up. An extra is on the set interviewing me, and they go, all right, cut. And they take me out, and they put the stunt guy at the top of the steps, and he gets stabbed, and he goes tumbling down the steps. He cracks his head, snaps his shoulder, he cuts his bleeding, and they go, he comes up, he goes, how was that, Mr. Clark? I said, I really think he could do it better. Get back up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. guy weigh 370? But it gets worse. So now, Rodney <laughs> says, uh, all right, this is a big, big shoot tonight. You got to be here. I'm there at one in the morning, and the scene, I climb up in the tree. You know, they, they set up ladders, then they take the ladders away, and it looks like I climbed the tree. I go, I go hey, uh, uh, Wally, Wally, Wally. She says, yeah, she comes out, we sneak out, we get in a car. Now, we have to drive on this deserted road in uh, on this ranch, and I got to come up, and I got to slam on the brakes and slide on a dirt road into these guys with cameras behind sandbags. And I go, okay, let's go. And I go, whoa, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean let's go? And I go, well, you can drive. I go, yeah, I drive very well, but I don't know how fast I can be going and then hit the brakes and how much I'm going to slide. And he goes, ah, just don't fucking kill anyone. So I'm going and faster. You know, they got the the microphone in it. Faster, faster. I must have been doing 70 miles an hour. And I see the guys in the sandbags just from the light, the little red light. 
And I, I, they said, what guy you want to stop? I said, screw them. So I slam on the brakes. It's out of Rodney hits his head on the dashboard. We come slide an inch away from the camera. And they go, cut, print, we got it. And Rodney goes, what the fuck was that all about? Incredible. But he wasn't nervous. <laughs> no. But, well, well he, he didn't want to spend any money on a stunt driver. Lenny Clark is in uh, uh, Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> I'll tell you about a guy I know from Nantucket, but we don't have time for that now. Um, he's been in so many things. The Fairley Brothers movies, you know, uh, something about – he's been in Rescue Me with Dennis Leary. He's been a stand-up guy for years. and He's been in movies and TV. He's, a, he's Lenny Clark, but I just want him to give us one you, – when you and I played 18 Halls with Tony V – by the way, you got to get Tony V to come on this podcast. He's, he's fucking dicing me. He's hiding Absolutely. from me. Not only Tony V, but but Bill Lee too. Spaceman's been on. Yeah, we get him on. He, well, he no, was, no, but we golfed that day. But with that, remember that? Yeah, yeah. What kind of we did with for you, but it was great. And uh, Bill, I talked Bill, to today. He was best man in my wedding, and he calls me randomly with weird things. You know, he's you know he's very unusual, Lenny. He's not normal. Oh, 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 I'm well aware of that. Right. But I, I, thought, I love, I love the spaceman. I don't want him up at the house. You, I love <laughs> you told a joke on the golf course, and I, I want to see if you remember this. I want to finish this tremendous podcast with Lenny Clark, long-awaited visit by Lenny Clark, with a joke. I hope you remember this, and because the the boys here and the 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 listeners to the program would love to hear this one. You told me a joke about an old lady who got pulled over and had a gun on the seat. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember yeah. that one? Yes, I do. Can no. you can you tell I, us that one? I sure can. This is old lady, 86 years old, driving on a mass bike, flying. So she gets pulled over by a state trooper. And the state trooper goes, uh, oh, what's that? Oh, why are you going so fast? Well, I'm in a hurry. She, do you have any weapons? And she says, yes, I do. I have this pistol uh, in the glove compartment. And she, she takes it out. And she says, any other weapons? And she says, yes. She says, I have a knife right here in the side compartment. He pulls out the knife. Do you have any other? She says, well, yes, I've got a 12-gauge shotgun right down here. And he says, lady, what are you afraid of? She says, not a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Lenny, it's great to hear your voice, man. Would you stay out of the uh, coronavirus danger zone for us, please? Because I know you're, 60, oh, you're over 65 yeah. now. Hey, listen, Mikey, you know, I tell you what, I am so happy that uh, the podcast is such a success because uh, let's face it. Anybody who knows you knows you get screwed. You're fantastic. You should, you should have never been taken off the radio because you had one of the greatest shows, uh, Planet Mikey. I mean, everyone loved it. We love you no matter what you do, but I got to tell you what, you're a stand up guy and anyone who knows you loves you. And I'm glad I made it. Under, at least under the gun of the first hundred podcasts. <laughs> you did. You made it. You made it. I knew you'd make it eventually, my friend, and uh, we appreciate when, it. Oh, when all this is done, when all this is said and done, I, I'll definitely come back and do it live. You know that. I'd love to hang out with oh, you. Yeah. And, you and, and Ben and Bill, you guys are fantastic. Thanks for being such great guys. Really nice spending time with you. Lenny Clark, everybody. We love him. Good Thanks. night, everybody. See you, Lenny. Bye, guys. Mike, anything for you, pal. Love you, brother. You're the man. Have fun down there. Stay safe, brother. Okay, pal. Bye. Take Bye, care. Bye, Bill. Yep. See you.